Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value, cactus included, on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt. Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan of Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. He is also the co-host of uh, the Dallas Cowboys pre- and post-game show on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. And uh, he's also the co-host of the draft show, which is now out of season. Uh, you know, uh, Brian, did you find yourself, now that we're in the, the wake of the draft, did you find yourself this week feeling a little empty inside, feeling a little football empty? Yeah, I was a little football empty, but I have to introduce you too. This is Bobby you Belt. Don't have to. I do. Bobby <laughs> Belt of Sean and RJ, uh, 53210, Monday through Friday on 1053, the fan. Uh, he is also the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he is the uh, in- insider for 1053, the fan for, uh, for us, for the Dallas Cowboys. He also is on the draft show. He also is on this great podcast, which you folks have so graciously allowed us to continue to have success with. So Bobby, to answer your question, yes, I am having uh, some, I I tell you what's happened. I've, I've got to the point now where I go home and I'm thinking, and I've got so used to being able to listen to games on the radio, like whether it's the stars or the nabs at the time, or I got so used to listening to games and I started with uh, my, uh, with my other subscriptions and stuff to kind of find games and so I sit in there instead of watching them, I listened to them because I was watching tape at night. So I'm listening to games, watching tape, and now it's just listening to games. It's like I'm like 1957. Like uh, you, you uh, still haven't you haven't come into the modern age and watched the games again. I, I haven't started no. back watching the games. I'm fascinated <laughs> by uh, the games like in uh, Sacramento and, and Golden State at the time, I was listening to those games. I find myself not even watching them. I listen to sports on the radio like I'm a 
old man that I am. How about that? Yeah, like listening to uh, you were you seen a Christmas story? Were you like listening to the Little Orphan Annie radio drama? Yeah, yeah was, just, sponsored yeah, by Oval and Geritol. Yeah, only the shadow knows, and so yeah, that, and, <laughs> and yeah, it, it's but there's there's a, there's a little bit of uh, you know it's funny about you know working in radio like we do, but there's there's a little bit of and this is going to sound corny, but there's a little romance to it. There's a sure. little romance to the guys and gals that do this, that cover these teams, that talk about the teams and are part of the radio broadcasts. And it makes it almost like I've got to the point now listening to baseball where I, with, I could hear if it's a hit or not by the cra- the bat. Just, you know, and if mm. I can tell if it's a if it's like a weak hit or it's like, oh, that one's got a chance or that's a base hit. But I've got to the point now where and i listened to like hockey i can tell by the way the, the the voice of the announcer as it goes the crescendo of it gets louder 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 oh the, the pucks loose oh gold! you know and you're so you kind of could you get a rhythm with the way that the uh the way the the call is is being made so there's something special about that but yeah i haven't gone back to watching sports mm. yet I just listen Man. to it now. You'll 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 come back into the modern era soon enough. I will eventually, but not anytime we, soon. We have uh, we have Cowboys rookie mini camp yeah. coming up this week, and uh, for those of you watching this on the YouTube, you can drop in the comments section the Cowboys rookie you're most intrigued by heading into rookie mini camp this week. But just as a quick reset first, Brian, explain what rookie mini camp is what all they'll be doing and then we'll dive into once we have an understanding of what rookie mini camp is the guys that we'll have an eye on this week and the things that we'll be looking out for well under different administrations it meant different things i remember being out there working for dallascowboys.com during the jason garrett administration and uh and this was des bryant's i want to say this was dead might have been des bryant's first year second year i mean it was, it was his first year so rookie year where he got sick year where he got sick and so yeah. yeah camp camp means something to different people and 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 the the way they compete in camp means something different and there was a time where like you they would go out they would get all the draft picks they'd have a, a few selected uh veteran players that maybe were practice squad guys that they would invite to camp or put a, be a part of camp. And then they go out and get a bunch of guys. They were, you know, looking to like work out or try out guys. And there used to be like real competition. Like you would see like kind of one-on-one, whether it be pass rush, whether it be uh, wide receivers corners, you saw them actually running plays against the defense. Under the Mike McCarthy administration, it's a lot different process. And I and I just in watching it, it was always more about teaching. It wasn't so much about competition or seeing if uh you know if so and so could cover, you know, could uh you know can uh Junior Fajoko, you know, blow by somebody on the pass rush, you know, could Overshawn, is he gonna cover uh, is he going to cover Deuce Vaughn out of the backfield? You know, you're going to see that one-on-one stuff. It's completely different with this crew. This is more about teaching. And where you see more competition is the actual mini camps itself when the veterans get with the rookies. You know, and, and we only have the opportunity where they have three days of it they use. Well, they only let us watch like Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday they they send us on our way. So 
it, it's it's a totally depending on the staff. It's a totally different approach. Again, Jason Garrett administration, it was like, wow, Tez Bryant's out here throwing up. And then, you know, oh, Micah Parsons is just kind of standing here, like getting coached by former coach George Edwards on where he needs to line up. And there's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's now what you will see is what you can learn is where guys might line up. That part of it, you, you, you can uh, get from the, the, from the, from the rookie mini camps. So with that in mind, then uh, where guys might line up? Did I ruin your? Did I ruin no, no, no. your approach today with this? Uh, no, that's 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 the approach that's what, I was. Am I wrong? Am no, I no, wrong? no. You're right. That's and that's exactly how I want. I just wanted to set that up so people had an understanding of it yeah. because I still think there are things worth learning this week, things worth seeing, and things worth knowing yeah. based off of even that being the rookie minicamp. The first thing that I'm interested to see, uh, based off of that definition, Brian is what kind of work, what kind of coaches, which position coaches are working with DeMarvian Overshone? Is he a lot of pass rush training? Is he working closely with Scott McCurley? Um, Are there going to be secondary coaches walking in, talking to him about some safety stuff? Uh, I'll be very interested to see how many different coaches are working directly with Overshone, what all they're teaching him, uh, does Adam Dirty step up? Is he teaching him stuff about trench work? If they're going to use him as a pass rusher, I think that's something to watch out for this week. No, I I think you're right, and, and to me that you know there 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 are things you can get ideas from of where guys might be might be placed, and and you could also get the idea too of you know and, and like I say, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of that. Uh, that uh you know that one-on-one stuff where you could kind of say okay well so and so looks good you know now you could get the drills and things like that the movement and some of the things you could also see where guys are lining up on special teams that maybe they'll have an idea you know maybe you'll get an idea about with deuce vaughn do they think deuce vaughn could be a punt returner do they think deuce vaughn could be a kickoff return guy you know do they you know where do they where do they place you know some of these guys in order to you, for you to get an idea of where they might uh, you know once that they get together with the uh, with the other with the veterans and then you'll see them and how but th- this to me is all about an acclimation period and then you're right how many different things are you going to see uh, from uh, from these guys when it comes to where they're lining up you know Mozzie Smith do you see him playing all one technique uh, you know that that inside uh, shoulder of, you know, the guard and the center right there, or do you see him playing some three, you know, do, they, there's some other guys and, and I'll tell you what, we'll get an idea too about some of these other rookies that, you know, that were undrafted. And I, I know from a fact that a lot of these guys were on their draft boards, you know, the first guys they go after are these guys that were on their draft boards. So, you know, we'll see how, when they start throwing guys in, you know, how much they really feel like, okay, this is a guy that maybe we'd like to take a big look at when uh, we get the opportunity when we become a full team. You talk about Mozzie Smith. We heard from Will McClay about tweaks in his stance and how yeah. they, that that could get some pass rush ability that, that he wasn't able to get. Is that something we should be watching out for this week? Maybe seeing, does Adam Dirty have him working on, on different stances, working on uh, you know, his hands a little bit? Are they, are they teaching him pass rushes? Do you think that a lot of what we'll see with Mozzie Smith, if we're keeping a keen eye on the coaching, that a lot of it's going to look like, ah, that looks like pass rush instruction more than anything else here? 
Yeah, I think you're on to something there. Now, the thing that you have to, the thing that it's hard for us as, you know, as the evaluators and, and, you know, where they make us stand, if they put us along the, you know, near the building where uh, we're near the weight room, where they make us stand on that field right there, they have a grass field in the turf field and the defense and offensive linemen work way down at the other end of the field. Now you can get great evaluations of running backs. I mean, you'll get to see a lot linebackers. of linebackers. You'll get, you know, overshone, you, you know, you'll get to see a lot of Deuce Vaughn, you know, uh, you know, that that's, that will be down at our end, but you better bring your field glasses or your binoculars if you're going to watch what's going on. And that's a good idea to remind me to, you know, if you really want to see what's going on and there used to be a time during the pandemic remember they put us on the top of the, the weight room. So then you could really see, you know, like both fields, but you had a better shot of seeing all the way down the field, which, or, th- or if they work out in, if, if they work out in Ford center, if they're inside, we're Ford in centers, Ford centers good too. Yeah. But McCarthy, we've learned this about McCarthy is he likes to get outside as much as he can. So, if we catch a if we catch uh, some you know, some potentially bad weather, then you go inside to the Ford Center. But don't they have like the Country Music Awards thing going on at the Ford Center this next weekend? Yeah, but not not by uh, not not that day, not not by Friday or whatever it is that they get. Well, Friday, Saturday, don't we have to set up like stages and stuff like that's one of the great things about working for the Cowboys. You just never know who is going to show up at the oh, Ford we, Center. We, we, we saw them come home from for training camp last year, and they were working out around a graduation stage in the Ford Center. You remember yeah. that? The yeah. graduation stage was in the yeah. other. Now, there is a – we're a week out. But, Brian, <laughs> as I'm looking at it now, next Friday, there is a 60% chance of rain, thunderstorms next Friday. So maybe maybe the weather forces us inside. One more thing that – All right, I'm- get ready for this, Bobby. You know what's going to happen? We're all going to have to load up in our cars Friday, Saturday, or whenever the, the weather. Go to at and AT&T Stadium, where you and your daughter saw Ed Sheeran last night, right? Yeah, he was yeah. great. The, the nine-year-old loved it. She got very emotional for a lot well, of That's what I'm saying. I, I just <laughs> – the, the, the Cowboys, they, they, they are not afraid to uh, to take opportunity to showcase their, their – <laughs> Their indoor, their indoor practice facility they, for country they, music awards and stuff. This is they this do, great. They do love it. Uh, last, uh, last one that I'll be watching for uh, as we head into this. Uh, I, I'll be interested to see what all Mike Solari has. Awesome Richards doing. Yeah, because he told us that he was somebody who could play all five spots. So I'll be interested. Do we see him out there? Is he is he snapping the ball? Is he is he working both left and right, you know, pass sets? Is he working tackle guard? So I think that's another one that sure is there a lot we can glean by watching Luke Schoonmaker take instruction? Probably not, but I think there is. What kind of pass rush instruction is Mozzie Smith getting? What all coaches are working with Overshone, uh, Awesome Richards? How many different spots does it look like he's getting work at? I think these are the types of things that we'll be able to glean out of rookie minicamp. Yeah, you're right about that. You mentioned, you know, you mentioned Richards. Will, will there be any reps where he gets to play maybe some guard, you know? And I, again, I, I think it's all, 
it's all going to be teaching stuff. It's all going to be alignment stuff. I, you know, it's not going to be anything about uh, competitive reps, even though Nick Eatman always, uh, when I was at DallasCowboys.com, said I can make a walkthrough practice into an award-winning uh, a, a piece of work thanks to Oh, Dave yeah, you were like uh, – you're like those those NFL – Oh, I was, I, I was a s- sensationalist. I can your, make- your, your team can go 5-11, and 11, and NFL films, the, the recap of the previous – and it sounded you, like you were about to. You were this close to the Super Bowl. You were. You had. You had uh, one hand. You had one hand on the Lombardi as you were going five and. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. That's but, so that's but, you with the uh, the practice reports. You're right about that. But I, I I'm very interested in in seeing uh in in like you say you know you you mentioned like the Richards and Schoonmaker and and people like that. You know uh, how about Hunter Lipke? You know where where yeah. do you see you know will they will immediately Hunter Lipke be like a one back guy, you know, will they, they'll show formations and working together and will he be a fullback? Will he be a move guy? We've heard a couple of things. We, you mentioned, uh, you know, we talk about overshone Fahoko, that three technique stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, how, much, how much does his work look like tackle versus edge work? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've got a couple of guys too with Duriel Johnson, you know, physically, I think Duriel Johnson's going to look great. You know, and uh, Tyrus Wheat, who they got from Mississippi State, two of these guys I had on my draft board. Uh, you know, it's two guys I had in my top two ten. Uh, you know that were that were signed as free agents. So, there, I think that I think the the interesting parts of this practice could be on that defensive side of the ball, as you mentioned, with Overshone, Fahoko, Johnson, Wheat. Earl, I, I'm, you know, we'll see with Eric Scott. You know, I mean. It, You'll be impressed with Eric Scott, 6'1", 197, the movement stuff, I think, when you watch him go through drills. I think he'll be a pretty solid player for you to look at. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love of the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music, like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. 
All right, Brian. So uh, I'm going to run through some Cowboys buy or sell with you here. This okay. That I did on the morning show this last week. We had Jane Slater sitting in with uh, Sean Sharif and I, and we went over these buy or sells on Friday. And I thought, you know what? These, these would be good to go over with Brian. So I got five statements here. And you're just going to tell me if you buy it, you think it's true, there's validity validity to it, or you're selling it, that you think that, nah, it's, that's not quite the case. There's some nuance there or whatever else. So the first one for you here, Brian, the statement, the defense now needs Leighton Vander Esch just as much as it once needed Sean Lee. Buy or sell? I'm going to buy that because I think that Sean, when you, when you start to talk about, I almost said Sean Lee, but you're asking me the question about Sean Lee. I think the thing with Leighton Vander Esch is that he does such a great job of not only knowing his assignments, but knowing everybody else's assignments. And when it was very clear last year when Damone Clark, when he got in the game and he had to play next to Leighton Vander Esch, he was, it looked more comfortable. He didn't have the super productive that, you know, I kind of felt like, but heck, the guy coming off, you know, back surgery, I didn't think he was going to play at all. And for him to line up and play. But you could clearly see that when he was a better player, it was with Leighton Vanderesh in there. And, you know, the one thing that Leighton Vanderesh does, it allows Micah Parsons to go be Micah Parsons t- as well. And it also gives you the opportunity to put a guy on the field, what I'm talking about with Leighton Vanderesh, that not only covers well, tackles well, sideline to sideline guy, all the things you wanted to say about Sean Lee, the smarts, the toughness. You know, maybe even some of the point where, you know, not always being completely healthy. Uh, I think that's something that those two guys share for sure. But there's just so many things that Leighton Vander Esch can do to help your defense and to help those around him. Yeah, and I think that is is Leighton Vander Esch the same caliber of player that Sean Lee was? No. No. Uh, But in terms of how it seems to affect this defense and how they just fall apart when when he goes out of games, uh, I, I think that that's at least very similar and something that's, you know, worth noting and and, and worth uh, figuring out if if you can sustain a, a long-term absence from Leighton Vanders. Because right now I don't know that they can. Um, there's questions at the linebacker spot all the way behind Leighton Vander Esch at this point. All right, next one here, Brian. Jalen Tolbert and Kelvin Joseph should both be on the bubble heading into training camp. That's absolutely true, and uh, especially I think with uh, when you when you start to talk about Kelvin Joseph, uh, you know, and but Kelvin Joseph, you know, when you start to as far as bubble, as far as a, as a potential um, rotational player, a guy that maybe gets in some uh, sub packages, some nickel, some dime, you know, I mean, it, it, this is really really important for him. Now, the th- one advantage that 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 uh, Kelvin Joseph does have is he played well enough on special teams that they might just say, okay, he's a bust as a defensive back, but he is one of our better special teams players. So that's where he has a chance. Now, I I, I honestly believe this. I, I think the Cowboys, yeah, they picked Jalen Brooks in the seventh round, and they had opportunity to grab some receivers you know, along the way. Even We talked about the potential – Potentially, if Dallas maybe drafting one at twenty six, Dallas maybe drafting one at fifty eight. You know, we we talked about these things. They didn't they didn't do that at all. And this is where I think that Jalen Tolbert 
that factor comes into play. I don't think they wanted to do anything to put Jalen Tolbert at any risk right now. You know, you get somebody else that comes in here. Now we'll see, but Brooks, Brooks catches the ball well. You know, we'll see. He's a really good special teams player. Uh, he was at South Carolina. You know, Jalen Tolbert has got to prove that he can play special teams, but he could also be a productive receiver. So I think that I think that his spot, you know, there's a lot of people over there that are kind of like, you know, they're kind of they're covering their eyes, but they're kind of, you know, they're kind of opening to see what's about to happen, you know, like, oh no, what's gonna happen here? Because they they really thought there's, you know, that Bobby, heck, you you even reported it, you know, two drafts ago about Jalen Tolbert. There was talks about, you know, Jerry Jones. I mean, they were going to take him in the second round, you know, mm-hmm. and Jerry Jones stepped in and said, no, 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 we'll take we'll take Sam Williams and we'll come back around and see if we could get Tolbert, and they did. So there are some people in the organization, and feel free to jump in here and tell me if you're hearing anything different, but I kind of feel like that J- Jalen Tolbert has got that one foot in the parking lot and could have both feet in the parking lot if he doesn't show up and play well this summer. Yeah, I think that if he has the same issues he had last year, which were almost not being able to handle the assignments, not knowing where to line up, like those are the issues heading into this training camp. If that's still an issue a year later, I don't think there's going to be a lot of patience for that. If that yeah. improved and we're just talking about growth as a player, that I think they would that would buy him a little more time. I, I think that they would say, all right, He's improved this area. Now we just got to focus on growing him as a player that will will deal with this for a little bit while longer. But in terms of the actual, if he's got the same issues he was dealing with last year that kept him from being active the first week on a team that needed receiver help, you're you're looking at some trouble, I think, for Jalen Tolbert. Yeah. Jaylen, I love yeah. Jalen Tolbert coming out of school. I was a big fan of him out of South Alabama. I was too. I was too. I absolutely – he didn't even look like the same player. That showed. I mean, you look at the player at South Alabama. There was no confidence. None, zero. And you know, the the sad thing was that guys like a Dennis Houston was playing better than him. You know, I mean, that that the fact that that they thought more of Dennis Houston than they did. Now, I'll give you another guy, Simi Fajoko is another guy too. If you want to honestly, and even maybe even Turpin as well as you know, there's several of these wide receivers that are kind of like one foot in the parking lot, even though that Turpin had a really productive season last year, you know, the addition, you know, uh, you know, with the running back with Deuce Vaughn, that to me, uh, that could spell trouble for Turpin for sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, there's only so many under five, eight skill players you can have on your roster uh, before it starts feeling like a little bit of a duplicate. All right. Next question here, Brian Chuma Idoga will be the starter at left guard in week one? Man, that is a uh, – usually say that's a really good question and get, buy you more time to think. <laughs> but I there's there's a side of me, and I and I want to believe – I want to believe uh, – you know, I want to believe the line coach here. And, Mike Solari? Uh, Mike Solari. I want to believe that Mike Solari really believes that, that Tyler Smith is a left tackle, you know. But they've also the whole thing with Tyron Smith is, you know, and for them to get Tyron Smith, who already's contract for a starting tackle was already below market value, you know, but he can't stay healthy. We all know that. That's the biggest thing. And to me, I'm like, I watched Tyler Smith play left tackle last year. And I'm like, why mess with him? 
Why right. try and play him at guard? Why? No, you know, put Terrence Steele at right tackle. Terrence Steele has is, is, is done incredible work. Uh, I know a couple of times I've been out there at the star and watched him uh, work. You know, he's he's look he moving around well. Uh, you know, we've seen him work with Duke. Uh, you know, on, on Merriweather, yep. Merriweather on 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 the techniques and things like that. He looks good getting away from the line. If Terrence Steele and, and you know they're pretty, they're pretty much one of those teams that you know they're going to only put those guys out there. You know, and they're going to work him in slowly. I believe is what they're going to do. But man, he looks. You know, Steele and then Tyler Smith at tackles. That's kind of. It's kind of what I feel like your future is right now. I mean, now they, you know, they might not be able to keep Terrence still. So maybe he isn't the future. And maybe that's where Awesome Richards comes in or Matt will let's go or, you know, or one of those kinds. I, I've personally, I've moved on from Josh Ball, but you asked me about Adoga and I don't know. And I, I think that they're a lot more confident in Adoga's ability than I am right now. You know, that, that, that maybe Do- Adoga is the starter at left guard, and then Tyler Smith is the starter at left tackle, and Tyron Smith is somehow, some way, waiting in the wings, you know, with bubble wrap on him and and being ready to go if something were to happen to Steele or happen to uh, uh or happen to to Tyler Smith. But they they got Tyron Smith to take less money and make an incentive base by the way he plays. So. They've obviously promised him an opportunity to do something, but to answer your question, I'm going to say that Adoga is not the starter left that left guard. I, I know Ooh. I went way, but you, but way. you don't, but you don't feel totally comfortable with it, do you? No, I don't because <laughs> I I think that they really they I don't think they I said that whole thing about Tyron Smith and bubble wrap and all that, and I don't believe it. I don't believe what I just said. I really don't. I think that they feel like that Tyron Smith. Back at left tackle will be good for them, and putting Tyler Smith at, at uh, Tyron Smith at left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard, they probably feel like that's a good thing for them. But they, we could get in a situation where Adoga, yeah, he'll start at left guard because we'll get in training camp and something will happen to Tyron Smith. Yeah, that that's that's usually the case. Two more questions for you here, the or two more statements for you here to see if you're buying or selling. What did you decide on that? Do you think he's uh, still, you, buy? I'm buying that Adog is the left guard starter. Yeah, I don't yeah. see why you mess with. I, I don't see why you mess. I don't either. I don't a either. Young, a young player who showed special ability at left no tackle. Question. I think they're no publicly negotiating with Steele. And so I just, I don't buy it. And Tyron's not going to play left guard. So I think Adog at left guard makes sense. Um, next one here Sam Williams will have more sacks in 2023 than Demarcus Lawrence. Wow. You know what? I am going to buy that. I'm going to buy that. I think we're starting to see the the end of Demarcus, and and I think it's I think it's in a way of I think it's in a way of that Demarcus takes so much pride of being a complete player, yeah. And so playing the run is super important to him. And you know what? And the coaches respect that the fact that he's that he's able to knife down their inside, tackle guys behind the line of scrimmage. I just you, you still see that ability to pass rush, but I think this is where I, I think this is where you know we start to see Sam Williams. You know now Sam Williams might be a little crazy. You know what I'm saying he might be a little crazy. He might be a little you know kind of a hard guy to contain. 
you know, off the field. You know, maybe he needs to mature a little bit more, and he probably will. But I just feel like he's got so much ability, and I feel like that 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 the, these coaches are going to put him in a position to have more sacks, and that ability will show up. So I'm going to buy that Sam Williams will have more sacks than Demarcus Lawrence. I buy that too. I think Demarcus Lawrence was last year. I think he had six sacks. You look at over the last four years of his career, I think six, six and a half is the most he's had in a season. That's, that's kind of where I think he's at right now. It's just not I, his game. He, he's yeah. complete, but he's not a he's not a dominant pass rusher anymore. He's an effective one, but he's not a dominant one. He is not a dominant one, and he but he he does a great job of being a complete player. And I think that's what I think that's what this team really appreciates about him. And finally, on Cowboys buy or sell, Brian, when Mike McCarthy says he wants to run the ball and lean on the defense, what he's actually saying is he does not trust Dak Prescott. I'm saying that uh, I'm saying that he does. This is hard because if you buy say, or sell, Brian, buy or sell. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you say? I want to hear what you you, you go buy. first. Buy. You're, you're buying on this. Buy. I don't. I don't think Mike McCarthy, and I think that's wrong. I. I. I, 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 I think what? it's wrong. I think it's misplaced. But I, I'm. I, I, that, I think McCarthy doesn't believe he can just lean on his quarterback, and I think that's wrong. I think that. I think that Mike McCarthy is worried about his quarterback having to make all these reads and then and go. And I'm not saying that Dak is. Dak works extremely hard on his game. He works probably probably hard. the hardest worker in that building. There's no question, and I'm not trying to justify you know anything here. I'm just trying to tell you that he has to work hard. He came from a system at Mississippi State, and you know along the way, this is his eighth year. And there's if there's if Mike McCarthy has concerns about it, Mike McCarthy's saying what he's saying is like, hey, I want to run the ball more because I don't trust him not turning the ball over, you know. I mean, and then, you know, and and Dak will force the ball into some situations, but Dak's receivers have also got to help him along the way. But I think, I think, you know, by saying it, I'm, I think this is me, Bobby. I think there's more pressure on Mike McCarthy, Mike Solari, and Brian Schottenheimer than, than Dak Prescott. I, I think there's organization, more, organizational pressure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I absolutely. I think I think we all understand what Dak is or who Dak is, but McCarthy by moving on from Kellen Moore, moving on from Doug Nussmeyer, bringing in Scott Tolzien. That's another thing. I know it was a, there was a question, a, a, a mailbag question about Scott Tolzien. We don't know what kind of off, uh, kind of quarterback coach Scott Tolzien is. You know, you know he might be the next Matt Kafka. You know, that's with the Giants. That was with Kansas City. We. We don't know that he might be, but I, I'm I'm there is a lot of pressure on McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer and Mike Solari. If they don't get this right, if this goes out there and Dak flops around and 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 they don't get him to where he needs to be, I mean that's going to be on those coaches. That is going to be on those coaches, and if that's the case, you know there's going to be people lining up to take this job. Now, like I said, I buy that that's a lack of trust. I think that is what he's saying ultimately. With it. But again, I want to be clear that I disagree with that. I think there should be a lot of trust in, in Dak Prescott. I think it's, nobody hates Dak. I mean, no, it, no, it, no. Everybody feels like you either have to like Dak or hate Dak. And I think that's, sure. I don't think that's right. And, and to me, yeah. I respect, I respect what Dak Prescott, where he's come from to get to this point. 
You know, I don't look at the money and all that stuff like people do. You know, I really, really don't. You know, they've won. I mean, look at the number of games they've won with him at quarterback. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and people are critical like, oh, playoff success. He went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. They won that game. He played one of the best games you could ever see in the history of a playoff game for a Dallas Cowboys quarterback ever. Mm-hmm. One of the best ever. You know, San Francisco, the last couple of years, it hasn't been good. But I put that on Kellen Moore. I put that on Mike McCarthy. You know, you got to find a way. You can't give up as the amount of points that they gave up and lose those games against San Francisco and the, the two times. You can't. So could Dak play better? Absolutely. Has he played better? Yes. See the Tampa game. You know, that's a yeah. playoff game. See that Tampa game. Played great that day. You know, that's what gave you hope going into the San Francisco game. That, that, like, oh, uh, San Francisco, look, oh, they've got a rookie quarterback. Oh, Dak should be able to, you know, should outduel a rookie quarterback, you know? But that yeah. it doesn't, it, but this is a team, this is really a team game. And, you know, a lot of pressure is put on the quarterback because everybody sees how much money Dak makes. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love of the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music. Like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. We uh, dip into some questions from our dear, sweet listeners. Uh, First question here from Wink Marvel. Do you see any June one cut candidates on the roster right now? And I think, I think to be clear here, a lot of times they like, I think the Cowboys have, I I don't think there are any June one cut players left on here other than the guys in training camp, because I think a lot of times when they make the decision to cut somebody June one, they do it in. They do it in a fashion that you can kind of. And then they designate them like they did with C. Yeah. Uh, You know, I was looking, I was talking to my guys around the league. I was talking to gang of seven because everybody's putting out names of guys. And if, if I could just, if you don't listen to us on 105.3, shame shame on you for doing that, by the way. <laughs> because, you know, there's some. But I know there were some guys. I was, okay, Dalt, I mean, I'll just give me, some, I'll give you some names. Okay, this Dalton Reisner from uh, the yeah. Denver Broncos, right? Yep. Okay, Gang of Seven guy, descending player. Grind it out, short range player, slow feet, slow on the move, struggles to bend, has to win with hand use, short area, and his toughness. Okay, that's that's a that's a that's an evaluator of Dalton Reisner, who a guy yeah. who's like, oh, they need a guard. Well, go get Dalton Reisner. Okay, well, that's what a guy, one of the guys in the league that that does this for a living, that evaluates uh, these players, kind of saw in Dalton Reiser. Okay, two other guys, William Jackson. Ask about William Jackson, right? The was William Jackson? He was with uh, Porter. Uh, yeah, he was with uh, Cincinnati. Then he was with Washington. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 
Jackson, another descending player, best impress, physical versus the run, undisciplined in zone, holder, grabber, and coverage, a very up-and-down player. Okay. Uh, okay. So that's that's that. People were asking about Kareem Hunt, the running back, right, from yeah. Cleveland Browns. Who Jeff Glasgow, the running backs coach, I believe worked with for a year in Cleveland. Okay. There you got some familiarity with him, right? Uh, my guy says, number two back, strong and tough runner, good vision, good hands, good pass protector. Can't run, looked a step slow from his usual slowness. Okay. So that that was that about those guys. Okay. I asked yeah. about, uh, asked about, I had another guy that, I, that knew uh, Robbie Gold, the kicker really really well okay and so here here's and again i don't these aren't june one guys these are just guys that are out on the street yeah i'm, I'm sorry i'm but i'm just giving you an idea of what's on the street okay um that's about robbie gould right he said i said hey robbie gould what, what about him and he says he goes uh I, you know i asked this guy says got anything left and he goes barely ideally a team would have a punter who could handle the kickoff duty says he doesn't have to and he really doesn't want to attempt anything from 50-plus. So can't put a strain on the offense in fringe territory. Well, we know what Robbie Gould, he doesn't miss field goals in the playoffs. Anything inside. Like, I think that on our show, Eric looked it up. I think he was like 5 Eric of 11. Chiafalo. Eric Chiafalo. What I said? I just said Eric, right? No, you just said Eric. No, that people wouldn't know who he is. So. Oh, Eric Chiafalo. Okay. Well, yeah. if you, again, you should be listening to our shows you and, Bobby's show, and Bobby's show as well. But Eric looked it up, and I think that, and I, I think he was five of eleven from forty, from forty to forty-nine, yeah. kind of numbers. So you know that's what you're getting at right now. You're you're getting at guys that are descending players, or but you never know. You might, hey, you might catch lightning in a bottle with one of these guys. So to me, I kind of look at I look at the second draft, and I call the second draft. The waivers, you know, when you look at waivers on like, you know, after training camp, I think that's yeah. where you kind of can add a guy or two, you know, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, maybe, you know, Kareem Hunt, if he's slower than slow, you just, you just let go of a back that was slow, right? Yeah. You know? Okay. So anyway, yeah. you got any names? I'm sorry. I just was rambling on there. No, but, no, no. I think that we, I think we answered the question right off the top and then you given that there, I think that that's good to, to flush it out a little bit. Uh, next question here from Jacob Lavers. He says, do you feel Ronald Jones is being a bit underrated in the running back room? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, there was, there was, Hey, trust me. Bijan Robinson was my, my dream guy. I, I, I mean, I'm, I, I don't care. I just want to add players, Robinson Gibbs. I, I appreciate Atlanta and Detroit. They, you know, everybody that's a, Anti running back guy. The fact that went two went in the top twelve did my heart's great. <laughs> so, yeah. but I think with Jones, you know, there's there's a certain amount of toughness there. There's a certain amount of you watch him, you know, when he was at USC, and you watch him when he was at Tampa. You know, I mean, there's a certain amount of toughness to his game. Now, I'll say this though, uh, you know, we'll have to see when he gets in the camp, and you know about how, how do they use. How do they use these backs? Are they are they going to find a way to get a screen game going or get something going where these backs are factors? Yeah. You know, I remember the old Merrill Hodge, uh, the uh, you know the edge, uh, the edge matchup, you know the thing, and Merrill Hodge always talked about the factor back. 
You know, yeah. who's going to be the factor back here? You know, who is going to be? And, and, you know, maybe Ronald Jones is that guy, or maybe it's Deuce Vaughn. But I don't know. I mean, sleeping on him, maybe a little bit, because the guy's got some toughness. He sure does as a player. Yeah, and we talked to Todd Archer on the morning show this last week. Sorry, snatched him out from under you guys at G-Bag Nation. Uh, but we, we, we talked to him, and uh, he had mentioned there that, and Todd's very plugged in with what's going on with the Cowboys. He mentioned that he thinks that the organization is higher on Ronald Jones than probably the fan base is, and that the fan no base question. have a recognition that he's a guy that they like. Um, yeah. And somebody that absolutely can come in here and compete and be part of the running back rotation. What are you hearing about Malik Davis then? See, because Mal- the big mystery about Malik Davis and some of the whispers I was hearing that Malik Davis maybe was a little bit at the end of the year was kind of like, you know, what, what what's my role here? What do I need to do? Why am I doing this? Why are you guys yeah. not using me kind of guy? Am I wrong about that? Did you hear some of the same thing? No, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I think that they I think they still like him a lot. I think they think he's a really well-balanced, all-around type of back. But I think they also feel like he's got some growing up to do as a pro. Maybe not as a not as a person. Like, I don't think they believe he's immature in the same way that somebody like Kelvin Joseph is immature. Right. That they've had there. I think theirs is more like, hey, buddy, you got to learn, like, what being a pro means and, and what being a professional football player means and what preparation means. I think they feel like he needs to be better prepared entering games. There you uh, go. And, and not just with his preparation for the game itself, but for his his mindset and his approach. They want him to have a better approach, I think, heading into game weeks. And, and that's something that he's going to have to work on. But I do think they still like him. Um, they're, they're just waiting for him to do a little bit of growing up. Uh, next question here from at CDoleJS1. And Brian, this is a I'm going to kind of adjust his question because he said, could the NFL do top five or top 10 projected draft picks when completing trades like the NBA does? I, I don't know if he's asking like protected ability now. Yeah, I don't know if he's asking, do you have that ability now or more? Could they look at that in the future? But I'm just curious, what would your thought be if you could bring that sort of thing into the CBA? Because I think it'd be a lot easier to give up a draft pick for an Amari Cooper if you say it's top 10 protected, though. And so we we get that pick back, and I think it would open up some trades. So I don't hate this idea. I'd like to have top five and top ten protected picks in the NFL. I, there's so much I had to learn. About. I, I love the NBA. I, there's so much I have to learn. Matter of fact, my new project, I think I'm going to start looking at the NBA draft. I'm gonna. You only have to look at about what? 60 guys, you kind of have to have you, you, you only got to look at, I mean, for the Mavericks this year, you only got to look at 10, and that's if they keep that's it. That's what I'm saying, man. But but if you knew 60 guys, you'd be dangerous there. So, you know, I, I it's kind of – I think we're getting to a point, though, where player movement I don't think is a problem now. I mean, yeah. the fact that, that people – Trust me, Bobby. I wouldn't be. But, but could, wouldn't you feel? Wouldn't you feel better about giving up that draft pick, though? Yeah, hell yeah. When like protected when we with, with two first round picks for Joey Galloway, if one of them you could have saved them, we could have saved them because we gave up what was the 18th pick. We gave up the 18th pick, and yeah. then our next pick was the seventh overall pick. That would have been a protected pick. Yeah, would have been. We would have not lost. Would have been good. Pick. Yeah, yeah. So see that, but I, I kind of feel like though. We're starting to see more teams, and I would have, man, I wouldn't be on this podcast. I might be still working, you know, in the NFL if we would have just found if if Aaron Rodgers becomes available, you know, I mean, uh, Carr becomes available, you know, the guy gets available, you know, 
all these quarterbacks become cousins, whoever cousins. I mean, it's amazing the, you know, the number of quarterbacks that hell you had a chance, you know, you had a chance to go get the guy at Baltimore. If you really wanted him, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's what's amazing to me that nowadays these teams are more willing. Well, look what that, look what Seattle did. Seattle parlayed the Russell Wilson trade into look at the haul that they got for Russell Wilson. I mean, just think about that. And I, I think that people are more willing to move on from players than they have been in the past. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back later this week with another episode, a little bit of a, a, a more in-depth rookie minicamp preview. Get to some of your additional questions. We got a lot of them today. We ran out of time. We weren't able to hit them all. Uh, but this is uh, this is summer season. This is where we'll, where we'll dive into some more uh, big picture topics. I think moving forward, because like I said, we're out of the draft now, and maybe we will. We'll we'll get Brian's uh, NBA draft scouting report on Cam uh, Whitmer, the forward from Villanova. Uh, you know, hey, any Villanova player that's a champ that's championship basketball right there. Jalen Brunson proved that to you, the Dallas Mavericks. You need to you should have kept that guy. Yeah, they blew that one. Look, if you if you're in position to take Cam Whitmore and you're the Dallas Mavericks, make the pick. Uh, we'll we'll bring more NBA scouting reports to you as we go forward. Though. And I think we got the schedule coming out here real soon. Buddy. Yes, I think we yes, gonna, we'll have schedule we'll reaction as well. Yeah, I believe exactly. we get that Thursday is when there it'll you be. Go. So so we'll have some discussion there. Until next time, we will talk to you guys later.